Welcome to the Expository Songs Podcast. We discuss songs where the main idea of a passage of scripture is the main idea of a song. My name is Daniel Mount, and today we're discussing the song Treasures in Fragile Jars of Clay, recorded by Resound Music and co-written by today's guests, Debbie Davis and Jean Isel. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Glad to have you both here. Uh, listeners, if you've never heard this song, I encourage you to pause the podcast and listen to it. I've linked to it in the show notes and then uh, come back for the conversation. So before we talk about the song, I'd love to start with both of your testimonies. Uh, how did you both come to Saving Faith in Jesus? Well, um, I was raised in a Christian home and That's I a was blessing. around seven years old when I, our family had, would have family devotions and then we would kneel our, our couch chairs in the living room was our altar. And we would always kneel to pray at the end. And I remember asking Jesus to save me during one of those times. I think I was yeah. seven too, also from a Christian home. So we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I was raised in a Christian home as well. And I knew from eight years of age that, you know, I wanted Jesus in my heart and uh, really made a, a solid decision to uh, more at 17, really to mm -hmm. serve him specifically in, in various ways. Yeah. And can you both also share about how you became interested in writing songs and whether your interest in writing gospel songs, songs with scriptural connections, was part of that initial interest in songwriting or something that came later after you worked in other styles first? Um, my initial songwriting came just because I loved Southern gospel music. Um, I was also, like I said, raised in the church and I loved the hymns. And so my initial songwriting was, I just, I liked just the, the family harmony, um, the Neelands, the Hensons, the mm -hmm. Goodmans, the Rambos. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we were raised on. And so those were the types of songs that I wanted to write. So writing from scripture actually came later, but I noticed <clears throat> when I started writing that I was listening during the sermons more for hooks and ideas. And I would take a lot of notes and write the scripture down. And so a lot of songs came from that as well over the years. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that so many of the groups you mentioned uh, wrote themselves, had songwriters in the group and wrote so many of their own best songs. Yeah. Uh, Dottie and Reba with the Rambos, uh, Rusty with the Happy Goodmans, uh, Ronnie with the Hensons, yeah. uh, etc. Definitely yeah. characteristic in a lot of those groups, too. Uh I actually started writing poetry okay. and uh, even back in college many, many years ago. So that was my first foray into creative writing. I did other kinds of writing like college textbooks and so forth. But for creative writing, it really started with uh, poetry and the prose, the lyrics were pretty much general to begin with, but they all had to do with my spiritual experiences or what I was going through or, uh, you know, and trying to speak to others who might be going through the same thing. 
And then later on, and this has been 20-something, 900 songs ago, <laughs> you know, it's been uh, several years, um, I started working that prose into a musical format, and uh, that's where it came from there. Neat. You know, before we jump into the songs, I'll ask one other songwriting general question, uh, which is, especially for those listeners who have some familiarity with Southern Gospel, what are a couple of songs, or however many you want to mention, uh, that each of you has written or co-written that they may have heard? And I say that because I know that this song is probably not one of your better-known songs. I just, uh, when Debbie Sinetto really resonated with me, and I was like, this is the one I want to podcast on, because radio hit or not, I really like this song. Uh, but uh, for the, for those listeners how, who, who already know somewhat of Southern Gospel, <laughs> uh, which is definitely a percentage of the audience, uh, what what are some other ones you've written? Well, Gene and I wrote one with Rachel yeah. McCutcheon that uh, went number two for the old Paths Quartet mm -hmm. in April of, I believe it was 21, Look mm -hmm. at All I Lost. Okay. And it was, it was number one on the Power 50 weekly charts for three weeks, then it went to number two, and then back to number one for a week. That same song, Look at All I Lost, by the old Paths, who are now known as the Anthem Edition. Anthem Edition, yes. yeah. And then um, I co-wrote another song, uh, When the Old, Old Story Was New, Yeah, that went to number two by the Kingsman. I've heard that one, definitely. Yeah, so... Anything else jump out for you, Debbie? Um, I had one by the Down East Boys, Before the Cross. It okay. never went to radio, um, but it, it was one of, it was special to me. <clears throat> that was Tammy Herring. Mm -hmm. Some of the best ones never go to radio. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, radio singles can be determined by so many factors that don't always have to do with how good a song is. You know, how mm -hmm. long has it been since that particular member has been featured on a single? Did this end the fast one most recently or a slow one most recently? All sorts of things. So, yeah. anyhow. And then um, yeah. I had a, the title song, Look at All, uh, excuse me, yeah, uh, Love is the Voice, the title okay. song for the Taylor's uh, CD okay. that was um uh, recommended for or submitted for um grammy neat award all right so let's uh, move on to talking about this song specifically uh treasures and fragile jars of clay do either of you recall who had the initial idea for this song um we we're talking about that earlier in the week and I couldn't remember, but then uh, Jean said it was my idea. Okay. And so then I went back through the notes and then I saw something at the bottom of our page that reminded me um, where this idea came from. And I had been reading love is a verb devotional, a 365 daily inspirations to bring love alive by Gary Chapman. And there was a quote out of there that I took like that cracked and broken pot, we humans are flawed. We have been damaged by pain, persecution, and disappointment. Yet God sees the value in each of us and continues to use us as his messengers, witnesses, and examples. The glue of his love patches our wounds so we can keep serving as his vessels, treasures, and fragile, fragile clay jars. Despite our flaws, we are worthy to share his love. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we noted that above it 
And so that's where the idea initially came from. And I think for the listener uh, who sometimes they might be driving in a car or working out, you know, might not have opportunity to look it up just this minute. I'll go ahead and read that passage, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, or some translations would say jars of clay, uh, that the excellence of the power of God, the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And that's the chorus and the song title. Yes. I really like how you tied verse 1 into the related passage of Psalm 103.14, uh, which says, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Do either of you recall, uh, you know, starting with the treasures and fragile jars of clay concept, what brought you to Psalm 103 for that first verse? Well, all the time when we co-write, when Debbie and I co-write, we are obviously writing songs of faith and uh, we will check them very closely for to make sure they're theologically correct. And also looking at verses that deal with the song directly. And many times with Debbie and I'm sure uh, same with her, with other co-writers as well, reading several versions of that verse, you know, King James and uh, ESV and so forth. Uh, just to see how it's worded, like you were saying, you know, it's worded a little bit different, jars of clay and earthen vessels and so forth. But reading through just to make sure that we get it correct, as well as, you know, seeing how it can be presented in various ways. It can be helpful, definitely, to read through different translations. I know I was... um working on a song that had reference to those whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life from before the foundation of the world. Uh, and, and that was just a reference to a song I was working on a few years back. And I misunderstood that the wording there, I think, somewhat in the first translation I was working in. But when I looked at several other translations, I really understood mm-hmm. that passage in a, bit of, in a bit of a different light. I don't remember the details right now. This is just off the top of my head. But it can be very good and very helpful uh, to check a few other translations just to make sure we're not misunderstanding the first one. We look at it for no other reason. Yes. And um, I don't know if you remember this, Gene, but we originally had God knows our frame. He remembers we are dust. Mm -hmm. And I don't, we ended up changing it to God knows us well. And I think it was because of the singability of it, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But we took at, we did originally have God knows our frame, but just the, just thinking about how we were made from the dust and then comparing that to the earthen vessels and the, the jars of clay. And it was just that that's kind of how, why we tied it in there. And somebody who has been saturated in the language of the Bible from youth, and especially one of the historic translations, whether that's uh, King James, New King James, or one of the others that has some connection to some of that wording, will know what we say when we say God knows our frame. Um, somebody comes into a gospel concert right off the street and doesn't have that biblical context, you know, you can have it in a song, but when it's the opening line, yeah, you might lose somebody who doesn't know the, um, 
the mm-hmm. idiom of the Bible that well. Yeah, yeah. and that's so what I we think, were thinking. <laughs> as, mu- as much as I'd love it if you'd said that, because that would be cool, and, okay. and a cool connection to that passage, I get it. That, it. that definitely makes sense, given that this is written for artists to sing and some people come into a concert not being <clears throat> versed in biblical language. Yeah. I think the way you develop the song makes a lot of sense, because where verse 1 is more focused on us as the jars of clay, then in verse two, you're focusing on the treasure in those jars. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that an obvious connection for you to make or something that took you like some thought and reflection to get to, here's what we focus on in verse one, here's what verse two needs to be about. Um, in our notes, that are the original notes for the song we kept, we actually put thoughts for second verse. God's plan is to put extraordinary heavenly treasure into ordinary earthen vessels so that the attention will go to the contents, not to the container. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So it was it was in our initial outline, if you will, um, mm-hmm. for the song, for that to be part of verse 2. Okay, neat. So is there anything else that stands out to either of you in the writing of this song? or in how it's been received since it was uh, recorded that I might not have thought to ask about? Well, we we are both with the same publisher, and yes. we you know, send our songs uh, before they are recorded by other groups. Uh, we send our songs to the publisher, and, and I remember receiving uh, a lot of praise from our publisher with, with Crossroads there uh, on the the lyrics and the song itself. So uh, that was certainly positive. This is a good version. Nothing against Mm -hmm. this version. I hope that this song has a life beyond Mm -hmm. this first version and that people keep singing this. Um, And I will say that... I think there's something um, special to this song. I think there's something mm -hmm. special to it. Colton did mention that when they sang at the North Alabama Convention... They sang this song there in Alabama, and mm-hmm. there was a sign language group hmm. who got up and signed this song. Oh, my. Yeah, so I thought that oh. was interesting, but he yes. said the song has been received well in concert. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I, so, Gene, so actually, before I switch into other random things, uh, did either of you have any further thoughts on this song? I remember, you know, uh, like any other songwriter, you start with the ideas and mm-hmm. and so forth. And like Debbie and I are very much structure oriented, uh, and like we I said earlier, getting it theologically correct and so forth. But um, I just really like the way that the structure came together. You know, the the chorus being the general overall theme but how both verses pointed to that chorus um, as well. And uh, so that's a testament. It, it, uh, it's a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. you know, to to get something together that seems to just flow off the tongue, you know, and easily stated, but getting the cadence and getting the all that as well as the message. Um, and And I just like the way this came together to do that. 
And I will say that um, as of today, Gene and I have written 59 songs together. Cool. And that was our third song. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was our third one that we had written. We had just started writing just yeah. months before that. Mm-hmm. This song, I think it was to what you said, Gene. This song does flow really well. And when a song flows so well that it seems natural and seamless, that's hardly ever by accident. It's usually a sign that it's written by a writer or two writers who know what they're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Debbie, this didn't come up earlier, but as I understand, you actually ran a group for a number of years. And I'd be curious to hear about your experiences on stage and, and uh, what that was like for you. And as I understand, really, a lot of your initial song songs being recorded and sung were done by your own group. Yes. Um, we traveled. I had a trio, and we traveled for 24 years. And I really was just writing for us and for our church. And so I didn't, I didn't even start co-writing until, well, I went to write about Jesus in 2014. And that's where I met all of the folks that I write with today. So, but yeah, we, we had a, it, we've traveled about a five state area. Um, a lot of small churches. Um, we just, we just had a good time. We would do a lot of original songs, a lot of cover songs as well. So like the, the groups that I was raised on, we did a lot of hints and stuff and Neelands and good stuff. 24 years is no joke. That's a long time to keep a group on the road yeah. at any scale. That's, that's impressive. Well, it has definitely been, I definitely enjoyed having you both on this podcast. And before we go, I would uh, like to invite you to, mention anything you'd like to promote be that other songs you'd like people to go take a listen to if you've had any recordings come out books other writings um websites social media whatever you like uh go for it how can people keep up with you and hear what you do next uh, well ahead, yeah i have a facebook page for my songwriting uh it's one less chicky and then uh, com is my songwriting page. I'm on Instagram and TikTok as well. And I post a lot of my songs on there. And then I have a YouTube channel as well, One Bless Chicky. And they can find a playlist of all the songs that have been recorded that I've had a part in writing. I have a lot of awesome co-writers. Uh, I have a Facebook page as well and uh, an Instagram account. Uh, and I'll usually post, typically post the, when a song has been recorded uh, or when it's released to radio or if it has received some kind of recognition as well. And uh, both of those are just at Gene Ezel. Yeah. Neat. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Well, we thank you for having us on here and sure. giving Absolutely. us a chance to talk about our song. Yeah, Happy thank to do you it. so much. You know, yeah. I've had songs on that were more widely known, uh, some recognition in one style of music or another. But at the end of the day, I want to talk about good songs. And this is a good song. And so I was, I was delighted to have this conversation and talk about this song. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for your kind words about the song. Sure. Uh, and in conclusion to the listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and subscribe on whatever platform you prefer to catch future episodes. 
You can also find past episodes and the free 58,000 entry expository songs searchable database at danielmount.com. Thank you for listening.